This is Ken J. Kushbringer. You listen to the Buzzcast at sportsbuzz.ca. Savage. What's up? Welcome to the Buzzcast. This is yours truly from the mean streets of Kiss My Asaka, the Hustler McSavage, with my partner, yours truly. What's going on, buddy? So we're talking about another Canucks loss. A shout out today. You know, I'm just. You know, enough. Cut the chase. Let's cut the bullshit and get right to the point here. Once again, the Oilers against the Vancouver Canucks. Three nothing. The final score. I mean, you know, the Canucks did play a strong game, somewhat from the first period going into halfway through the second period, and then you know that's when the scoring started with Alex Chase on on the power play, and then the third period, Jesse Pugliarvi. Connor McDavid with the empty netter, his 14th of the season. Demko made 31 saves. Demko had outstanding game. Demko played well. Yes, he did. He did play well. I and obviously, Mike that. Mike Smith with a shutout. Uh, you know, you, you've been uh, uh, tooting his horn lately. And uh, another speak. shutout from Mike Smith. His second shutout of the season. Sixth win of the season. He is now six and all 32 saves for the shutout. It looks like he's rewinding the clock. It looks like the old school uh, Mike Smith, you know. The Coyotes won. If if that's that that's the case, the Oilers could be very dangerous coming into the playoffs. Yeah. And then uh, Puliarvi picked up, uh, I guess, uh, a power play goal there. Yeah, his sixth of the season. Yeah, he's finally uh, finally looking like he's turning it around, uh, considering that uh, you know he was. A high draft pick with uh, high hopes, and uh, it was kind of looking like he wasn't going to quite pan out. Uh, well, uh, if memory serves me correct, in that draft, he was actually supposed to be the second pick overall. Well, well, that, well that that picks the the 2016 draft, right? So that was Matthews first, Lane second, and it was supposed to be him probably going third. Uh, but Yarmo Kekalainen, there, the the Finnish GM of uh, Columbus, knew something that I guess other people didn't, and he passed on Pugliarvi and took uh, Pierre Le Dubois. At third overall, and Puliarvi went to Edmonton at fourth, and uh, Canucks took Yuliavi fifth, and then uh, Matthew Kachuk obviously went uh, to, to Calgary, Calgary which I feel is still a big mistake on the Canucks part. But we'll get back to that on another day. Um, what I did want to mention in that draft, if memory serves me correct, before the juniors, Peter Puliarvi, Jesse Puliarvi was. He, he was, yeah. A lot of people were kind of uh, tossing it up between him and uh, Lani, who would go uh, second overall. Lani yeah, was I think Lani, I think he, Lani ripped it up in the juniors, and that's what propelled him into the second pick overall. <laughs> well, I, th- I think from the onset, they always said that Lani was the more better pure goal scorer, but uh, Puliarvi was supposed to be the more well rounded player overall, like a little bit better skating than uh, Lani at the time and uh, more, more polished uh, two way game. Uh, compared to Lonnie's. 
But I, I think, uh, you know, I just want to mention that Peter Chiarelli, um, you know, obviously a lot of Edmonton fans are probably not going to like me for even mentioning his name. But uh, I, I think what happened with Chiarelli is I think he overestimated two things. I think he overestimated the impact that uh, the signing of Milan Lucic would have on Edmonton. And he kind of overestimated the, the time that it would take uh, Pugliarvi to develop. Because th- those two things are probably what led him to to trade Taylor Hall in the first place and, and let uh, Eberle go, which, which you know, basically killed all of uh, Edmonton's second-year scoring right there, right? Because you got, you got Dry and you got McDavid and you got, uh, you know, Nuge is, is not bad there. And, and finally, it's looking like, you know, like Pugliarvi could, could be developed into that, uh, you know, a nice secondary scorer there. But I, I think that that was the mistake by, by Chiarelli, you know, kind of overestimating and thinking that uh, Lucic would kind of, uh, you know, be not as offensive as, as Hall, but be like a physical, uh, you know, slight downgrade offensively. But it ended up being a massive downgrade offensively and ended up crippling the team. Uh, well, much. Chiarelli pretty much did what Benning did with uh, Louis Erickson here with the Canucks. The only difference is he thought he would go get more bang for his buck with Lucic. Uh, he probably got more hits than he's ever thought he'd get points or goals scored for. Uh, for the money that Lucic makes, uh, I mean, I mean, I get what he did there. I personally think he traded the wrong guy in Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. Yeah, it should have been like, like Eberle or, or Nugent. Yeah, I yeah. personally think it should have been Jordan Eberle if that was the case. Um, where Oilers would have been today with Taylor Hall in that lineup is just... Mm. I, my imagination can't even wonder what that that well, the, lineup would he, he be wins like. a heart trophy without McDavid or I imagine you know him him having a on, uh, with on a mediocre team like yeah. the New Jersey Devils, by the way. I am going to ask you know, this I'm question. Just say that the producer is not going to look too kindly for you to call uh, his Devils the, a mediocre team. By the way, they are a mediocre team. <laughs> the producer knows they were fuck all without. Scott Stevens, Niedermeyer, and Berger, they're, they're, those days are gone now, and they're not going to do nothing going into the future. Even with Jack Hughes, even with Nico, Nico Heischer, they are going to do fuck and all. The devil. Hey, hey that's are. the second Swiss captain in the NHL, man, as far as, far as I know. I would guess Yossi would be the first. Yes, Roman Yossi would be the first. And I don't even know if there's any other Swiss players that are captain. I'm going to ask but... you... I am going to ask you a question I've asked a couple of times, you and the Brown Mamba as another guest in the past, but I am going to twist the question now and not ask anymore, are you scared? It's more right to the point of, are the Canucks making the playoffs? I'll give you my answer right now, just the way I'm looking at it. I don't think they're going to be making the playoffs. Your take, my friend. You know, I, I was kind of saving this line. I didn't want to use this line. But uh, desperate times call for desperate measures, right? So it's it's a little story about about a team a couple of years back that uh, you know halfway through the season they were dead last in the NHL, and uh, by the end of the year, that team, I think you know which team I'm talking about by now. Yes, you are talking about the St. Louis Blues who won the Stanley Cup two yeah. years ago. Um, yeah. so great not, point. Not, That's a great point. I'm, I'm not saying the Canucks are going to go win the Stanley Cup this year, you know, but but what I'm saying is more improbable things have happened 
you know, if, if the Canucks were to go on a run and make the playoffs, you know, like, well, one thing that's going in their favor is, is the slide of uh, Montreal right now. It's, you know, they're a few, you know, about a, a week or two ago, they were looking like a lock with Toronto to be the one of the top two teams. And, uh, you know, they've recently fired their coach, Claude Julien, and uh, they got, uh, I think it's Ducharme uh, leading, uh, you know, they lost yes. three today. So I don't know if he's going to make too much of an impact there. But, uh, you know, th- that was kind of a, a bit unexpected that Montreal would slide uh, that bad. I guess uh, Toffoli's not uh, not going to get 50 goals in 50 games this year. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. Um, <laughs> unless he plays Canucks a lot more. Or something. I-, I will say this much in Montreal Canadiens. I'm not uh, making any excuses. One, they do have five games in hand when it comes to the Vancouver Canucks. They also have two games in hand on the Calgary Flames who are sitting just under them with 20 points, two points off. So they do have games in hand on both Calgary and Vancouver. And another thing, Carey Price does not look like Carey Price this year, at least not yet. You know, I mean, no training camp, no preseason for all these NHL teams and players. Well, I think I think for any team, all that, all that matters is how they play when, when, the, when the playoffs start, right? Exactly. They, they have so, an awesome run, and they, they do all this and that. But all all that matters is when it's actually game time. Are they going to be ready to play at that time, and how how they play at that time? Because even the Canucks last year, they were kind of a bubble team all last year. Some argue that maybe they shouldn't have even made the playoffs last year, but you know this this snuck in, and they played great at the right time, and you know they made a good uh, good uh, first impression, I guess, for a lot of the young guys and uh, the first playoff experience. You know, getting close to a point of game and all that kind of stuff. But you know, I I think this season it seems like there might be a bit of a step back with the you know with the departures of uh, Tanev and Markstrom and all that kind of stuff, and then the transition of getting the new players in uh, Schmidt and and uh, Holtby. But uh, to me, it just it seems like the Canucks have they're playing a lot better. The games are a lot closer, but it just just seems like you know whenever they have a leave that it's not safe you know that they're just gonna break down somehow and once the ball starts rolling that way it just is you know it snowballs and gets worse and worse for these guys it just seems like they can't close out a game well you know you squander a three goal lead the other night against the same Edmonton Oilers who played and there was tonight. One, like I think a two goal lead the other the, the night before against Calgary they they, they they were winning and then the Calgary came back and, and beat them right and even the games where where they came back and tied it up, the Canucks did. They'd end up losing it in overtime in the first uh, first. Actually, you you mean instead of Calgary, you mean Winnipeg the other game, right? Sorry, yeah, in, in the Winnipeg game. Well, uh, my take here, pretty much. I mean, we're talking about Montreal here sliding. Like I said, all it's going to take is for Carey Price to wake up and things will go back to normal. My take. What would it take for Vancouver? Who who needs to wake up, or what needs to happen? For Vancouver to take the steps to make the playoffs, it's it, it's a hard question. I, I don't think you could pin it on just one player. Like I don't think it's you know. Do you think a tree a trade needs to happen? A firing needs to happen? Both? Neither? What's? I I I think they need a win. <laughs> that's that's you know it, it sounds very simple, but I think... well it, well it seems like they can't seem to get a yeah, win out of yeah, their I... ass, no matter if. The world was ending. They couldn't yeah, seem to get a win for out of their ass. Because what it is is when you're a good team and you're doing well, sometimes you win games that you probably shouldn't end up winning. You know, and, and I think it's kind of like the opposite right now for the Canucks. They've been struggling so much that uh, even, even when they're putting in good efforts, they're not getting the result that they even deserve half the time. I think they deserve to win some of these games. 
a lot of them, you know, like they're in the games, they're outshot their opponents, they outplayed their opponents, but, you know, a couple last minute uh, uh, bad moves or, or mistakes and then they cost them and, you know, or they just collapse in the third period. It just seems like the third period is uh, is the worst enemy. They can't uh, close it out. Because my my take on this, and I'll be quite honest with you, and I was actually saying this the other night, is this is probably the best chance for any of these Canadian teams that we mentioned, whether it's Toronto Maple Leafs, Edmonton Oilers, Winnipeg Jets, Montreal Canadiens, even throw in their Calgary and Vancouver if you want. This is like the best chance for any of these Canadian markets to do anything, considering that a Canadian market has not gone to the finals since 1993, when the Montreal Canadiens last won the Stanley Cup. Actually, the last what Canadian team the, the, to the make the final to, to win the Cup, yeah, yes. Yeah. And uh, the last Canadian team to actually make it to the finals, if memory serves me correct, is... Was it not the Calgary Flames? Or was it the Edmonton Oilers? Or was it? No. Actually, Vancouver Canucks, Canucks in 2011? The 2011 is Vancouver yeah. Canucks. So my, my thing is here. With uh, Pronger, right? That, uh, yes, yes. Yeah. So my thing here, here is what I'm trying to say is that this division with all Canadians, like this is the best chance for any Canadian team to try to go to the Stanley Cup final, let alone win it. And it's a guarantee for one Canadian team to represent this division in the final four of the NHL playoffs. And, um, you know, Toronto is taking total advantage of this division. Edmonton is slowly making their way around. Winnipeg's looking good. Montreal's sliding. But I think that slide, once Carey Price gets his head out of his ass, that will change. The teams that I think are looking like they're not going to be making the top four here from what I see and just by the play, watching their play, is Vancouver, Calgary, and Ottawa. Mind you, Ottawa's won three straight games. But I think, you know, in the shortened season, 56-game season with Vancouver already playing 24, Ottawa playing 22, and Calgary playing 21. I think um, it's not looking too good for any of these three teams on the bottom. Yeah, well, I I think, like, with Montreal, um, like I said at the beginning of the year, I think uh, their biggest week, like, their biggest strength is, is their goaltending and defense. Obviously, Price isn't quite playing up to par quite yet, but like you're saying, if he gets back in form and, and he's playing the way he should, that defense with that combination of that goaltending should should be able to hold it down for them. But to me, their biggest weakness is is their centers, right? Like, you know, I was picking on uh, Suzuki and uh, Cotton Kinyami. Suzuki's looking pretty good. I'll say that. Like, he's, he's looking like, you know, like a potential future, you know, star, number one center, whatever you want to call him. But uh, Cotton Kinyami, the jury's still out. Is he, you know, does he got that offensive game in him? Um, you know, obviously, it seems like uh, Suzuki's a bit more talented than uh, Cotton Kinyemi, but as as of, as of right now, um, the top two centers in Montreal are don't, don't uh, can't compete with the McDavid and Drysaitels, with the Matthews and uh, Tavares, or or Dubois and Shifley, or even Horvat and and Pedersen. You know, what I mean, like to me, they're not even close to that level, right? And you know, if we're speaking of Cotton Yemi, I'll still never get over how Mark Bergevan picked him third overall in that draft. I knew he was going to take him. I knew, I knew for sure they were going to take a center no matter what. And I knew with Bergevan, I just knew he wouldn't care. He's, if he wants a center, he's going to take a center. You know what I mean? Like, I just... 
I, I had a feeling I was talking to my my buddy Rocket the day of the draft, and I told him that uh, you know I think uh, either I thought at that time I thought it was going to be either Barrett Hayton or uh, Cotton Kenyemi that got uh, drafted by Montreal, and even Hayton was uh, picked a little bit higher than he should have just because uh, you know people teams value centers right. It's always hard to to get a good young center. So you're still optimistic about Vancouver making the playoffs? I'm gonna I'm gonna still say that uh, they they get it turned around and uh, they figured they figure it out and then somehow squeak in uh, near the end of the year. Uh, it's not gonna be easy. It's you know they're not gonna get in by a mile. They're gonna fight tooth and nail all the way, and uh, that's that's the only thing. Um, like I I don't see the team like you know there's there's rumors the team might end up moving. A guy like Tanner Pearson, I heard uh, Arizona's shown some interest uh, in trying to acquire the winger. But I don't, I don't see Benning throwing in the towel, especially not quite yet. I think it sends a, a bad signal, a bad message to the young guys on the team. But uh, you know, you know, one one thing that kind of does bug me uh, about the Canucks, and I'm gonna pick on uh, Coach Travis Green a little bit, uh, is I, I don't, I don't like this this power play unit that's not producing, playing the full two minutes out there. I, I it just kind of bugs me because you're letting these guys, they're going out there, they're barely getting shots on. You know they don't look that dangerous, as dangerous as it should be. Like you know, and you barely give any playing time to the second power play unit, and uh, you, you keep rewarding these guys with these minutes for not producing anything. Like it, it, it makes no sense to me. You know what I would do is I, I either you, you start with the second unit and see what they could do, or you just jumble it all up, put out half of the second unit with the first unit, half the first unit with the second unit, and, and make two solid power play units or or something like that. I think I think they need to switch up the. They're doing the same thing over and over, and it's not working. So, yes, it's the definition of insanity. Well, you got enough. Well, I would assume you have enough talent there, at least in the forward bunch, to squander together two solid uh, power play units. Um, Travis Green's coaching is looking a little subpar in his decision making. No, because what they're doing on the power play, it's it's, it's either you got you got the one timer on Patterson on the right side. I think they've got a couple goals that way, and then and then supposed to be Miller on on, on the left side, uh, shooting from there, right? Or sometimes uh, Besser will slide down there, and usually Besser goes from from that slot bumper area to the to behind the net, and he sets up Horvat on that little hook that he does right by the between the hash marks and and, and the goalie. And I think I've, Horvat's got a couple goals from there. That, that's pretty much all they're doing. It's the same thing over and over and over. My personal take should be that uh, if Travis Green is using his, his starts using his head a little bit, you would separate. You would try to have Pedersen and Besser together on one power play unit, and you would try to have Bo Horvat and JT Miller on another. Yeah, power like, play. like like do something like that. That's and what that's separate what I would them do. for a little while, and then just get, just to get it going, and then you can always bring them back or whatever you want to do, right? And uh, you know, like I kind of saw something today too. Like uh, I think Vertan was. was uh, I'll, I'll say Vertanen, you know, in the first period, he got two penalties, wasn't looking too good. But uh, in playing in the top six today, they had Miller on the third line. Um, he looked pretty good. Like, I, I think Vertanen actually looked engaged and he looked like he was he was trying. Like, you know, he didn't... Listen, listen, Vertanen, message for you, buddy, and any of you cocksuckers that like to lick on Vertanen's balls. Tell him to stop partying and stay off the yayo. How about that? I'm just saying, he played better today than he's had in a while. Right? That's all I'm saying. Come on, he's got to score some goals. Here we're talking about him trying to score 15, you know, 15 to 20 goals this season. 
he's not even scratching the ass cheek of that surface. Oh, no, for sure. The production's not there, but I'm just saying. He got some shots on the net. He played well. He actually drew a penalty, I think, in the second or third period. So, you know, some positive signs there. But, it's you know, at the end of the day, when team is shut out, there's not much to talk about uh, positive-wise. I said this a few nights ago, actually. I said this, actually, I said this last Thursday, I believe, that um, if for the Canucks to be in the playoff mix or somewhat in the driver's seat of that, they got to win their next four games for sure, which was two against Winnipeg, two against Edmonton. Well, my friend, the two games against Winnipeg, they lost 2 nothing, and then squandered a 2 nothing lead and lost 4-3 in overtime. And then again, my friend, on Tuesday night, a 3 nothing lead squandered that to lose 4-3. And now another loss tonight against those same Edmonton Oilers, Three to nothing, handing Mike Smith yet another shutout. And they're getting creative with the ways they're they're losing. You know, at least they're not getting blown out. You know, that's that's kind of a positive sign. I uh, hate to break the news for members of our association or family or friends out there, Uncle T, Dino, especially you guys. I don't think the Canucks are making the playoffs. That's not. Well, I think good. you're wrong, man. That. I hope I, I think you're wrong, man. You know, I know I'm, I'm being, you know, the glass half full, and you're being, you know, the glass half empty, right? In in, ter- in terms of the, you know the Canucks playoff hopes, but like, I, Realistic, my friend, let's it's, not, it's, let's it's not easy, it's easy to sit here. there and let's say, well, the team's not going to make the playoffs here. when they're below the playoff line right now. Okay, for sure, that's what it looks like, right? And, and I know, you know, Ottawa's pretty close to the Canucks right now, so we're, you know, <laughs> it's debatable yes, if, if they might ahead of us, right? But. I yeah, I still think I, I think point. you know there's still time in the season. It's not you know all hope is not lost yet. Do you know that the Senators have two games in hand on the Canucks and there are three points behind the Canucks? Ottawa Senators have 15 points. Vancouver has 18 points. Vancouver has played 24 games. Ottawa has only played 22. Their records are pretty much almost identical. Vancouver eight fourteen and two. Senators seven fourteen and one, and the difference at the end of it all, when you look, losing streak Vancouver, losing streak of four games, Ottawa winning streak of three games. Your comments, my friend. Um, I'm gonna talk about goal differential because uh, when it comes to the goal differential, Ottawa's a minus twenty seven, and Vancouver is a minus fourteen. So you know I, that to me shows me that uh, the Canucks are after tonight. After tonight, it's a minus seventeen. Well, we're still minus ten ahead of them, right? And like you said, the games in hand factor too. So to me, you know, we are the better team than Ottawa. Like, uh... of course, we should be the better team than Ottawa. But shouldn't we be the better team than Calgary and the better team than Winnipeg and even for that matter, a better team than Edmonton and Montreal? I won't throw Toronto in there, but, you know, I have to throw Edmonton and Montreal in there just because I feel offensively we have more talent than Montreal. And then defensively, I feel, as well as goaltending, we have better talent than Edmonton. Do you concur? Um, defensively than Edmonton, yeah. If... Uh, if uh, if Oscar Clefbaum was in Edmonton this year, then, then, then yeah, I would say Edmonton's yeah. the better defense. Kind of but without Clefbaum, right? I 
I think it's sort of a you you could even call it a toss yeah, up thing. But even. still, Vancouver's got the better. But still, Vancouver's got the better. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't guarantee them that the way the way Mike Smith is playing. Well, Mike Smith the way he's playing. But if you were to look on paper, you would take definitely over Koskinen and Mike Smith. At the beginning of the year, no? for sure, I would take the Canucks goaltending over over yeah. Edmonton's. Yeah. Yeah. We weren't expecting the six and zero Mike Smith with two shutouts. We were expecting an old fart Mike well, Smith. But, but, but to, me, four, to me, in reality, I think you know the real Mike Smith will come out to play for the rest of the year, not this Mike Smith. Just like how Tyler Toffoli in the beginning of the year was looking like he was gonna, you know, he was the the next Maurice Richard. You know, and, and I'm I'm sure Toffoli will have a, a decent year with Montreal, but obviously Matthews had has continued that pace. And Toffoli hasn't, and that's how Montreal's gone down, and that's why Toronto's still up because they got Matthews just going crazy right now, you know. And the problem with the Canucks is it's like like I said, you can't blame it on one thing, but one of the things is to me, I I don't I don't give a rat's ass about J T Miller in in the sense of the hierarchy of the Canucks scoring leaders. It should be Pedersen. It should, it should not be Hughes. It should not be Miller. It should not be Besser. It should not be Horvat. It should be Pedersen. He's supposed to be our franchise number one center. He's supposed to be our franchise player. He's supposed to be the best Vancouver Canuck that we've ever had. And he has not played. He's not even the best player on the team right now. And that's a, that's disappointing. You know, and, and, and the thing with Miller is is the, the player we got last year, offensively, you know, the 70-point you know, kind of guy. The two-way game he was displaying, the way like like I would say the way he played last year was not not the same style wise, but but it's a lot of similarities in, in Mark Stone's kind of game. Mark Stone's a good defensive player and provides that offense at the same time. And you know, like I think Miller last year the way he was playing was was kind of close to to a Mark Stone kind of level of a player. And this year, you know, the numbers are there, but defensively he's playing like shit like you know it's, it's playing horrible the giveaways and, and, and all, all the bad plays and it just seems like that attitude that of kind of giving up on plays or kind of just letting it go it's it, it becomes contagious you know when you see one player doing it, another player starts doing it you know you're not getting back as fast you're not skating as hard to, to, to shift off the next line chain it's little things like that kind of, kind of build up amongst the team and, and it makes everybody kind of not not do it and even with Hughes he, he's putting up the offensive numbers but he's making a lot more mistakes it seems like this year than he was last year and he was better defensively last year you know um and then you know a part of that it, it could be you know maybe this whole covid thing with with green not having a contract with patterson and and hughes needing new contracts you know but then what's what's miller's excuse why is he not you know on point this year and it's just he seems like he's frustrated it just it just seems like they're not all on on, on the same page you know and it just seems like Bester came to play and Everybody else is, you know, still on vacation or something. That's why they, I personally think that, uh, that Jim Benning needs to do something. I don't know if you need to make a trade, a culture, culture shock trade, or, um, you know, the easy answer would be um, firing Travis Green. Um, I'm not, I'm not a fan of firing Green. I just I don't think it's Green's fault what's going on. I think it's just... You know, like, but the team needs something. It seems like, like, either that's you know, like you, you try doing a, a Jake for Tannen trade or something like that. What what I would want to see, it's kind of a, a little bit of a drastic thing, is is maybe try to move out a guy like Brandon Sutter. Like I know Brandon Sutter's been playing well, but you know he's he's a free agent at the end of the year, and uh, you know I, I don't know if 
he's going to really help you too much. I don't think we're going to resign. Hey, uh, from what I see, if the team's going to continue to play like crap like this, you get rid of you get rid of Brandon Sutter. You even get rid of what's his name, Tyner. Yeah, Pearson, Tyner yeah. Pearson. If you can get some get some cap so space what? for these guys, you, but uh, get some cap space, get some picks, do something. Yeah, because uh, you know, like like I mentioned on uh, one of the last podcasts about uh, Cole Lynn playing in the in the with Utica, and he's been playing center, and he's been looking pretty good there. And also, um, I just want to quickly touch on uh, Pod Coles, and I, I wanted to give you guys an update. He did, he does, in fact, have a concussion, and he's going to be out for a little bit of time. But uh, he was playing um, for like like in the in a Euro tournament that they have uh, in Russia there. And uh, mm-hmm. he was being coached by Igor Lariana prior to the injury, and he was actually playing a little bit of center there as well. So just a little interesting little tidbit. I thought I'd just uh, to mention that. Like I'm not saying, oh, he's going to come and be- become that center and do all this guy. I'm just saying he's played a little bit of center. I so I do want to cut it short by just saying to you that now hearing that he got a concussion, don't be surprised he does not get to play this year because of the concussion. Your concussions tend to uh, do strange things to people, right? Some people get over it in a couple of days to a week, and some people it just uh, it, 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 rattles their yeah, cage. So it, I really it hope the case. Yeah, it obviously depends case by case. But in, in, in the situation of his head, it's not like he was knocked out cold. Um, you know, he he was knocked to the ground and he needed assistance getting off the ice. He was a little bit, you know, wobbly there or whatever. So the fact that he wasn't knocked out was kind of uh, encouraging, right? So hopefully he's not out too long, maybe just a few weeks, and he's, and he's able to get back at it and, uh, you know, get back to performing at the, the level that he was at. Because he was actually doing uh, quite well. And you, so. Any word on your favorite Nakita Triamkin? Uh, nothing so far. Still... Uh, Still, kind of wait and see once the season runs out. Because the problem with the KHL is you, you got to see if their teams are are in the playoffs, right? And once once they're in the playoffs, then obviously you got to wait till after the playoffs. Um, but it's it's typically in March, uh, near the end of March is when when the KHL season ends, right? So it'd be at some point around there that we'd be looking at uh, possibly getting Triumkin or Put Colson. So your take is the Canucks are gonna make the playoffs still? Is I that think what you're saying? They're gonna come back. You know, they're gonna you know they're gonna suck ass for a little while, but I think they're gonna come back and they're gonna figure it out. And they're just I think you're wrong. I think they're gonna even if they don't suck ass and they get their head out of their ass, they don't got enough time to come back. They've already played twenty four games. They got what? Fifty six game season, so what? Do the math. Not many games left. What, twenty nine thirty one, something like that? I'll say it like this. If if Demko establishes himself as the number one goalie, if Pedersen leads the team in points and if Miller can kind of, and if Miller and... can kind of get back his game and Hughes, you know, just sharpens it up a little bit more, I think this team uh, makes the playoffs. And once we're in then it's a totally different game from there on. We just got to get in. I hope you're right, my friend, from what it looks from this side. It's looking grim. Like I said, they needed to win the last four games, and their record at that time was 8-10. and 8-10 and 10 went to 8-14 and 14 very quickly, my friend. I hope that I'm wrong and you're right. We will touch on the out-of-town scores before we call it a night. 
I will start with the other Canadian matchup here. The Ottawa Senators, 6-1 shellacking over your boy Rockets team there. The Calgary Flames. Matt Murray has been picking it up lately. He's been playing very good lately with 29 saves for his fifth win of the season. Drake Batherson opened the scoring for Ottawa with his sixth of the season. Your favorite, Gerbranson, with the game winner. You know, I, I love the way he used to fight, man. And, and he still fights that way. Like, he just he just looks like he's going to kill somebody when he, when he, when he fights. You know? Yeah, he looks pretty dangerous there. Milan Lucic, by the way, the only goal for the Calgary Flames there. Other scores, the Chicago Blackhawks blank. The Columbus Blue Jackets, 2-0. Malcolm Subban with a 26-save shutout. Patrick Kane with his 10th goal of the season. The winner, by the way, in that one. Other scores, Florida Panthers after being down 2-0. Joe Pavelski with his 10th goal on the power play. Old farts on fire. But then the Florida Panthers score three straight to win the game, three to two. Your boy, Sergei Bobrovsky, 37 saves for his sixth victory of the season. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, the defending champs, beating the O'Carolina Hurricanes, three to one, was the final score there, as well as. The Pittsburgh Penguins and the Washington Capitals. Another battle of Sid the Kid and Obi. This time Obi winning that battle. A Washington 5-2 final score over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, the goal scorers, Nicholas Backstrom, TJ Oshie, Tom Wilson with the power play and game winner in this game. Jake Getzel, by the way, his seventh of the season. One of your favorite players here, Brandon Tanev, another shorthanded goal, his fifth of the season. Um, just, another... I just wanted to mention that. Uh, you, you see that yes. goal that Oshie scored? You see that goal hey? that Oshie scored? Like he no, he's, I he's beats the defenseman, he's falling to his knees, and he dives and he and he tips the puck, just uh, just tucks it under the goalie's armpit. Like it's it, it's an amazing play. Like, like actually. Really amazing player. Nice TJ Oshie's a very, uh, very good player. This by reminds the way. me of like a mini OV, you know, like a little shorter version of Ovechkin the way he plays. And then uh, Tom Wilson with the, on the power oh. play with the game winner there in that game. He's, uh, you know, a fantasy dream for for a lot of uh, fan- for a lot of players. Yeah, leagues, true. All that stuff. So one score I really love looking at over and over again: the New York Islanders beating the shit out of those bastards, the Boston Bastard Bruins. 7-2, the final score. Simeon Varlamov, 34 saves for his ninth victory of the season. Uh, well, you know, these Islanders are not looking too bad. Mark, Bar- Matt Barzell, the seventh of the season. Jordan Eberle, nine goals. Um, Pajot here with his eighth Lee. on the power play, by the way. Wow. Anders Lee with, the, with his eighth goal of the season. Pretty well-balanced attack this team can throw out your way. Another final score here. Our producer will love this one. His New Jersey Devils, 4-3 over the Buffalo Sabres in overtime. Really disappointed in uh, Taylor Hall's uh, production here this year for the Buffalo Sabres. But Sam Reinhardt, Vancouver's own seventh goal of the season on the power play. But Pavel Zacha in overtime, his fifth of the season to win it for the Devils. 
Um, two, three, two other scores here. The Detroit Red Wings, 5-2 victory over the Nashville Predators. Well, Sam Gagne um, with the hat-trick there. Sam Gagne had the hat-trick, I was just going to say. Interesting there. Should have picked him up today. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> and one final score, another all-Canadian matchup here. The Winnipeg Jets, 6-3, Butraki over the Montreal Canadiens. Carey Price, 24 saves, 5 goals allowed. His record is 5-4-3, absolutely horse crap. Connor Hallebuck, your boy there, only 18 saves, but he's got a record of 9-5-1. Joel Armia with two goals in this game. Thomas Tatar on the power play for Montreal. But uh, Kyle Connor here, two goals for uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Blake Wheeler and Dubois here with the game winner for the Winnipeg Jets on his hometown. Didn't didn't he get the, the game winner against the Canucks too in overtime there? That was like a two-hole game I think he had, right? Distant memory, don't want to talk, don't want to hear about that. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, that's a can't good remember impact, that. Good impact. <laughs> yes, no, yes, um, no, it's a great point. Yes, Dubois did also score the game winner the other night against us as well. And uh, Dubois has been looking good in the Winnipeg. Even, uh, even Kyle Connor, right? Like, he's, he's up to what 10 goals, um, you know, this season. He's a pretty consistent player there, and he's you know I guess he's one of the main reasons that we're able to move a player like uh, Lana and it doesn't it doesn't hurt too much because you have guys like uh, Connor and Wheeler and uh, um, Ellers on the wings there that uh, you know you got enough depth there that you can afford to to move them and, and yeah exactly like, uh, and to have like, and I know they've been using Dubois a little bit to like on I know on his first game he was on on the wing um, with uh, with Shifley and uh, and uh, and Wheeler, but uh, I'm guessing the plan, long-term plan, is probably to have him uh, as the second-line center, right? Well, picking him in the first round, 17th overall, that's not a bad pick at 17, I'll tell you that. Any final thoughts before we call it a night? Um, well, just to, to Dino, you know, like I just, and all the Canucks fans, I just want to say that uh, things are looking bleak. They're not looking good. Um I see that. I'm not. Uh, I'm not uh, being delusional here, saying that. Uh, like I, I am saying that. Yeah, the Canucks are going to make the playoffs. I know that sounds delusional right now. Dino, don't listen to this guy. Don't listen to this guy. He's just trying to, you know, not have you have sleepless nights. The truth is, Dino, the Canucks aren't making no, the playoffs. No, you know it. No. I know it. But I think it's, Mr. Ma- be, Mr. Cushbringer, you know it as well. There's going to be frustrations daily with the Canucks. There's going to be heartbreak and, 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 you know, and wins and losses and all this shit is going to happen every day and there's going to be a struggle every day all the way till the end of the friggin' year and we're just going to squeeze in. And once we squeeze in, all bets are off. But we just got to squeeze in. We just got to get in. You got to punch a ticket to the show and then anything can happen, right? So, my prediction, we barely get in, but we get in. I hope you're right, my friend. Guys, don't want to. I don't want to even think of believing the alternative. That's why I'll say that. That's okay. I want to. Be like, I'm not. You know, I, I usually I, I love looking at the the draft picks and all that kind of stuff coming up. Let's just say I'm not looking at any of them right now. So the plan is not to have to worry about draft picks right now. Anyways, Canuck fans, you heard it from Mister Kushbringer. Don't worry. I'm saying. Don't worry. Forget don't worry. Playoff bound Canucks. 
Anyways, this is yours truly, the Hustler Miss Savage. Sports Buzz. You were just listening to Buzzcast, brought to you by sportsbuzz.ca. Catch the buzz. Visit us at www.sportsbuzz.ca or find us on Facebook at Sports Buzz News Canada. Visit us on Instagram at Sports Buzz News Canada. Find us on Twitter 